Hello and welcome back to the Cafe Hustle podcast and to part two of my chat with Mike Lender of The Well Coffee House. Now, if you missed part one, make sure you go back and check that out. We talk about his his personal mission, his journey through to becoming the CEO of The Well. And then also the mission for the company and how that's developed over the last 10 years of operating. But in this episode, we're going to turn our focus onto the people. And certainly the well put their people at the very center of what they do. And I think it's because they believe in the fact that you have happy people, they provide a great experience for your customers, and then they have a great feeling when they visit your coffee shop, so they'll come back again and again. We also touch on creating community around those stores, those locations, which really adds to that experience again. And also their approach to coffee and how they source their coffee and what they consider when they are doing so. So we're going to jump into this episode after we get back from thanking our sponsors. Anyone who has tried to create a paper-based systems document for their cafe or coffee shop knows the pain of trying to get everything in order and keep it updated and share it with the team all at once. Train your sorts this problem out with its really easy to use interface, online-based construction of your documents, and it's really easy to share with your team. Head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash train for 10% off your first 12 months and a seven day free trial. People are very clearly at the center of what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm sort of getting the vibe of. If it's being still, if you'd had to really break it down, it's all about the people, whether it's the producer all the way through to your customers and your people that are working in the, in the coffee shop. So mm-hmm. what drives that? Is there, do you have your policies in the background, which are really sort of, again, reminding you what, that is and how you approach that or is it something that is happening more organically uh i think it's a it's you know both and i think it you know from a leadership perspective obviously we as a leadership team you know that that's why we started what we do is you know as we would say our purpose we love coffee but we love people even more and so when i look at the way when i talk to our our baristas on their first day of training they spend it you know, hearing from me about our mission, vision, and values. They don't start with a, um, you know, with a, you know, grinder in hand, or they don't start with uh, at the register. They start with a day of understanding purpose, mission, values. And so when we talk about some of our values of excellence, and, you know, we talk about what does excellence look like in the way we love coffee, but also what is the excellence in the way we love people? And what does that look like? And so, you know, it is in the framework of the business and they hear me talking about it from day one of, you know, some days, you know, uh, we talk about how we do things on purpose. We, you know, we have a purpose, but we do things on purpose. There's a reasons we weigh the things the way we do and we grind the things we do and our recipes for things. And so our customers can have an excellent experience, but there's also a purpose in the way we care for people. And, you know, as I tell our baristas, you know, to do great latte art, you have to slow down. You can't do fast latte art because it doesn't look like anything. That also is the way we care for people. You have to slow down. And uh, you know, it, it seems like a, a juxtaposition because you're like, there's 20 million people standing in front of me and I have to make these drinks because they're all trying to uh, get on their way to something. Um, and uh, But also it requires you to just pace yourself so that you can actually have a conversation with the person on the other side of the counter or as you're taking your coffee out to them, that you're aware that, I wonder if this person's having a rough day. Uh, And so, but you're not gonna catch 
the, the care that you have for people fast. Uh, you know, I had a barista, I had a customer reach out to me the other day and just sent me a message and said, you know, my bar- your barista asked me like, how are you doing today? And they didn't know that I had a parent that was very sick in the hospital. And he could tell by the way I responded that I was really sad. And he, he you, know, um, you know, just had an interaction with me in a you know, very kind way and then said, hey, next t- tomorrow you come in, your coffee's on me. And so the ability to just, you know, he said, you know, you have the great purpose. Uh, the customer said, you have great purpose for water globally, but I felt like he, that barista was caring for me at that moment. The only reason he was able to do that is because he slowed down enough to recognize that that customer was not themselves. And so, you know, um, so when I think about how do we uh, do this, it is in the framework. It, you know, they, they hear it from me. But ultimately, I, I tell our managers this all the time. I can hire people to, uh, uh, you know, I, I, um, I can teach people to make great coffee. Sure, it's great to, if they come in with coffee experience. It's really hard to te- hire people who don't have great people skills. Uh, if you can't, I can't like embed a, a ability to love people um, <laughs> chip in them. You know, there has to be a de- desire to see the world around them. And so yeah. in or- order to, uh, you know, be purposeful, it starts with the hiring process uh, of hiring people who can see people and care for people. Um, we can teach them about coffee. Can they care for people? But then on top of that, how do we weave that in to allow them to know that it's okay to slow down to, uh, you know, meet the needs of, of the customers around them? I know we did, a, oh, I did an episode just last week, which uh, I can link to in this one, about hiring based on values and, and basing it right. on getting the people that will align with your business and your purpose and your, your business values because mm-hmm. it makes producing a great team culture much easier but again we can teach people the skills no one was born an amazing barista we someone has developed it over time and we now teach people to create this great great product but the other side of the coin and and it comes really a, a lot into connecting with our community is that connection over that coffee bar between the barista and the customer and that mm-hmm. empathy that that they showed in terms of identifying, you know, this customer isn't quite in, you know, the same, he's not as happy or as chatty as normal. Mm-hmm. And that, like you say, those qualities where people can identify and adapt. And that's the really important bit is people that can adapt to those situations. They, that's where you really get these strong foundational connections with our community, but it's the same in any relationship, whether it's with a, a partner or, you know, a business partnership, that middle ground of being able to adapt and be flexible is what really fosters that really strong connection between two people. Right. And when, uh, there's a department store, uh, here in the U S Nordstrom, I don't know if they're global or if they're just in the U S but years ago there, um, they used to give their employees one rule of engagement for their um, employees. They used to just say, uh, in all cases, use your best judgment. And that was their rule for their customers or for their employees to, uh, to handle their customers. Uh, and they are known for, or they have been known for their customer service. And I tell my baristas the same thing, use your best judgment. If, if you, if, you know, and, and like I said, during the pandemic, there were people that would come in and they would just say, I just lost my job. 
but they were just hungry for community and to be able to tell somebody, you know, it, there were many times I was like, your coffee's on me today, you know, and to be able to just say, you know, if the business is going to sink over a cup of coffee, I have other problems that I'm worried about. You know, I, I need to be focused on other things. It's okay to say, you know, coffee's on me today. Uh, and, you know, and they're going to come back. They're going to, they're going to remember that small kindness of, you know, gesture that you passed on to them. And, you know, you are really inviting them into a family. You know, like you said, when you're hiring from your values, you know, I, you know, back in my Starbucks days, I remember being a manager of a store and hiring somebody and my Bruce is saying, Mike, I don't know. I don't know if this person's going to work out. And eventually I had to let that person go because my Bruce just knew it before I even hired this person, but I wanted it worse for them than they wanted it for themselves to be a part of the team and to be part of the culture and part of the values. Uh, you know, and so to be able to hire with the realization that you're inviting somebody into the family and, uh, and to, that, you know, they are going to um, either, uh, you know, uh, influence health and uh, those values and have them flourish, or they're going to detract from them. And, you know, uh, you know, to be able to say, you know, I'm going to wait a little bit longer to find the right person than hiring a warm body today. And I know everybody's struggling with um, staffing right now. Um, in most cases, customers are understanding. And uh, again, if you're providing great service and you're saying, hey, I'm sorry, it's taking a little bit longer today. We're a little short staffed. They understand. If you're communicating with them, it, it helps just, just communicate. Just say, hey, it's going to take a little longer or your drink's coming up or your, your breakfast sandwich is on its, whatever it is. Um, they just want to hear that. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I'd rather wait a little longer and find the right person. Uh, that fits our values, that fits our culture, then hire fast because uh, it only hurts us in the end. And again, I'm not going to labor on the point, but it's, it's again, in that episode, that was the one big thing that I, you know, you recommend you just do not do. It's not worth it just hiring someone out of desperation. You'll know yourself, developing that team culture takes so mm -hmm. long and it right. is so hard to get it right get the right mm -hmm. people in there and it just takes that one person who isn't quite aligned doesn't doesn't belong in that team culture and it can destroy it overnight and right we certainly in our industry we rely on these people to show up and do their jobs obviously and yes we look after them as best we can but if they if we start losing that cohesiveness of of the team it it, it becomes very tricky to to run a coffee shop in you know, the way that we need to. So switching now to coffee itself, and I know we've touched sure. on your relationships with the farmers and, and the producers, but what goes into your selection process, say when you, you know, you want them to try and maybe work with particular farms, maybe, how do you as an organization choose where you source your coffee from? Yes. So, you know, again, some, uh, we we like to have a variety of uh, single origin uh, contributors to our our shop. We we tend to always have something fresh, and we're constantly rotating. Where I know some shops uh, tend to focus more on blends and consistency. We have a couple blends, but uh, we focus more on uh, the single origin rotation, where we may have a coffee on the shelf for a couple months, couple months, and then uh, you know we're constantly looking for uh you know a variety so you know some customers like fruity coffees some like earthy coffees <laughs> so we like to have something for everybody 
throughout that process. And so, um, you know, we uh, the um, the direct partners that we have have all come through relationship. Uh, they've come through somebody who has said, "I'd like you to meet this farmer, or I'd like you to meet this producer, or I'd like you to meet this co-op, whatever it might be." And um, and that's kind of that's really where all of those have started. Have been through relationship. Uh, you know, kind of going back to you know, people matter here, and and uh, can this be a relationship that we can grow and um, and foster? You know, right before the pandemic. Um, uh, our our co-founder Chris, who's also our our Q grader and uh, director of coffee, and I and our roaster, we went to Costa Rica to uh, meet some uh, uh, potential coffee farmers there, and it quickly felt like we were building relationships with family we hadn't met yet. And uh, you know, it, it's hard to really articulate. You know, what makes somebody the perfect coffee farmer partner? Um, but I think it comes with a mutual, um, we want the best for each other, uh, you know, and uh, we want to support each other. And so the ability for us to go there and celebrate the great hard work that they do, as well as, you know, as we share their coffees here in the U.S., they're celebrating us and that we're able to, um, you know, share their coffees uh, with our customers here. And so it feels like a, a mutual growing and a commitment to one another, realizing that there may be some years where crops are less or more. Where we, you know, this year our Costa Rican crops, because of some of the um, climate challenges that they've had this last season, we really saw a, a decrease in volume from them. It doesn't mean we're not going to stay committed to them. Uh, it just means that we have less of their great coffee to enjoy. And we, but that also enabled us to, um, you know, with some of our relationships there, for them to introduce uh, us to other uh, partners in Costa Rica as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, um, you know, relationship breeds relationship and, and uh, community. And so that's, that's really a lot how those have fostered. Um, you know, some of our uh, other um, uh, importer relationships that we work with, we work with a couple different organizations, again, uh, a couple different companies. It has started also based on relationship. We, we you know, have a great relationship with our, our uh, uh, importer broker. And, you know, you know, he has always communicated to us not only about great coffee that's, that he has found, but also what's going on in that community and how they are already impacting the uh, ability for farmers to have a greater yield or uh, improving their livelihoods by making sure that they have access to food resources or health or education. Uh, because like I said earlier, they have the same values of wanting to make a long-term difference in the lives of those farmers. Uh, it makes us easier to say, it makes it easier for us to say yes, uh, because you know we know that they care for them as, you know they again, feel like an extension of us. Um, you know, as we all know, the transparency in the industry is tricky, and I'm, I'm even doing some uh, some research around that for the Specialty Coffee Association, as I'm a part of uh, this sustainability cohort, and you know, really trying to find out what does it really mean if we're trying to really be a part of providing a living wage for our farmers? Can we truly say that uh, you know that we're doing that? And ultimately, is living wage what we need to be um, fighting for, 
Or is there a level of happiness and contentment that we need to be going after? So often we look at it from our Western lens of income and savings and size of homes or access to whatever. Um, or is there a level of contentment that our farmers have that we can contribute toward? So that's something that we're, you know, there's no formula or matrix for that. It's really about relationship and storytelling and getting to know these individuals and getting WhatsApp messages from them and pictures of their family and whatever it is where it feels like these aren't just producers that are far away. When their bags arrive here at our roastery and I say, I know that name, it's Emmanuel's Coffee. And to be able to really connect with those farmers, it feels so much different when uh, than uh, it just being some obscure name. You know, we always like to say coffee is from someone. Uh, you know, you know the waves of coffee were that you know it was uh, from somewhere, and now it's now we're able to, able to talk about it's from someone. And how do we tell that story as best as we can? Yeah, that's really important. Now, in terms of working with these producers, do you look to have a minimum amount of time that you have that relationship or to be honest, it sounds like it's an open-ended journey that you go on side by side with these producers. If, if need be, you know, if you don't want to necessarily cut ties where right. the relationship is really good. Uh, that's our hope is that we can have long-term relationships and, you know, then we can also try next year's coffee or next season's coffee and kind of see how, the, the crop changes and and how they grow and you know there are even some uh we're working with a group that's trying to import coffee from the congo uh congolese coffee is really tricky especially just getting it out of country uh, and even some of the quality that they're working with uh, may not meet the, the overall standards that we would love to see it meet but it's i've also been trying to find ways how can i connect them with resources to help grow their expertise in coffee. Uh, what can we do even before we import it? Is there something that we can do now um, to connect them with other uh, organizations that can help improve their quality, improve their, um, their growing methods? Uh, you know, what, what can we do as a, as a roaster now? I, I'd love to go to the Congo. I don't necessarily have the expertise to help them with their agronomy, but I know people who can. So how can I be that bridge for them so that when their quality is at a level or their ability is to export and get it out of countries at uh, a little bit greater ease that, uh, you know, we can say that we've been a part of the story, not just from the buying, but what can we do just from the uh, empowering uh, and just celebrating that, you know, it takes a lot of work to get uh, a coffee plant grown and uh, picked and harvested and all, all the, the process that it takes, a lot of labor of love for multiple years. You know, how can we just be celebrating the efforts that that farmer is making long before we even get it here in our cafes? So uh, I'm hoping that as we grow as a company, we can be doing more of that that we can find people like the group that we're currently talking to in the Congo and saying, okay, you're not really at a specialty grade that we would like you to be at, but you have such great potential. I mean, as a roaster, that's what we do. We get a little sample of coffee and we sample their coffee and go, this coffee has potential before we buy the lot, right? So how can we do the same thing for a farmer to say, you as a farmer have potential. Let's help get you to a place that enables you to, you know, flourish. And so 
that's my hope is as we grow as a company, we can make a greater impact, uh, you know, helping um, uh, other producers flourish. And I think the longer term that you are you're dealing with a particular farmer or region, the more impact you can have with them rather than, you know, going from one to another. If that was the situation, you can only really touch them in very superficial ways, those communities. Whereas when you get involved and you have, like you say, that relationship you have with that particular roaster, you are able to understand their, they, it's a two-way conversation then, isn't it? They tell right. you what they need and, and you can work with them a lot closer. Right. Right. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, and, you know, just, just like our business, we know that, uh, you know, for a, a coffee farmer, you know, climate's going to change things, weather's going to change things, you know, uh, pandemics are going to change things. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, I remember talking to our producers in Costa Rica where, you know, they were sitting on a lot of coffee, uh, you know, waiting for, for, cafes to reopen and wondering, you know, what will this plight be for them? They had coffees growing on the vines, uh, on the trees that, you know, were going unpicked because they didn't have laborers to pick them because everybody was quarantined. So I know that, you know, we don't hear too much of that part of the story. We hear about like, you know, why am I waiting so long for my coffee? Because my barista didn't show up this morning. But realizing that, you know, the coffee, uh, you know, the pandemic has affected the entire industry and we will be feeling it for quite some time. And so how do we, um, you know, how do we walk alongside them and, you know, uh, uh, and realize that, you know, I, I want um, the next generation coffee farmers to stick around. I think that's what we all want. You know, the coffee farmer is aging, as we all know. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard stories of the average coffee farmer in Kenya is 65 years old. Uh, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, that's troubling because their younger generation children are saying, I'm going to go get a, you know, tech job. This is yeah. not paying my, our family. Why would I do this? Uh, you know, realizing, uh, but then I've gone to Costa Rica and I met a coffee farmer that said, you know, I've been in the coffee industry for, you know, 40 years and I've enjoyed it the last six. And, uh, you know, what made him enjoy it was realizing I don't have to just sell it to the mill and just be this like production process. I, yeah. I can be creative. My kids are inspired to do creative processes and, and direct, sell direct to consumers globally. And, you know, I didn't know this was possible. And so uh, my hope is, is that we can fuel the creativity of the next generation that they see that this is just not a, you know, a commodity to be grown but it could be a product that could be enjoyed uh, and celebrated that we can say, Hey, this is from this farm and they can feel a connection to the people who are drinking it. And so that's, that's our hope. Yeah. Lots of challenges for the industry, isn't it? Across the spectrum, not just like say, oh, yeah. producers aging and, and people not coming in behind to, to fill those that are leaving or, you know, moving on to, to retiring or whatever right. they do. But yeah, it's not just in, in that area. So listen, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the Cafe Hustle. How can people find out more about what you as an organization are doing and see the work that you're you're doing and the good you're you're offering to the communities all over the world? Well, you could obviously uh you know catch us on Instagram at Well Coffee House. Uh you could go to wellcoffeehouse.com. Uh if you happen to be traveling through 
Nashville as we've lately become a growing tourist mecca globally. Uh, you know, come by and visit one of our cafes. We would love to host you or uh, have you join us for a, a cupping of great coffee. Um, but uh, yes, please, please come uh, visit us. We'd love to share our coffee and, and share a cup with you. Thank you so much for coming on the Cafe Hustle, Mike. Really enjoyed this. It's been great to hear about the work you've done and the difference that it makes for people and and your focus on the people in the process. So listen, thank you so much for your time. So glad to be a part of it. Thank you for inviting me to be part of it. Great to meet you. So I really hope you enjoyed that chat with Mike and it really gives us that insight again to how important our people are. And I know that I talk about it a lot and I'm actually not, I'm not going to apologize about going on about it so much because I know the difference it makes and the difference we can make not only to us as business owners and our business, but the lives of our people that we work for us and the people that interact with our business and the people who we are buying off. By putting the people first and being the focus of everything we do, we are in turn given back to them and they will give back to us. Yes, it doesn't always work. We don't always get the best employees. We don't always have people who are the right fit for our culture and we have to deal with that. But if we are able to treat them right, put them as the focus of the end goal of what we do is making people's lives better, then everything else comes along with that. And I can't, it's so easy to get taken into our shell when it comes to running our business and we panic about everything working. And yes, things at the minute are really tough, but and they're getting tougher, but we still shouldn't lose sight of what our people can do and the communities around us. And like the well, the wider community that we can impact as a result of operating our coffee shop. So loads of things to think about from that. Anything, any ideas or any things that you have, or if you want to come on the podcast and talk about some of the things and the amazing things that you're doing in your coffee shop, just drop me an email to andy at thecafehustle.com. We'll make arrangements and get you on board. So anyway, thanks again for joining me on The Cafe Hustle. I look forward to welcoming you on our next episode.